Hey everybody, this is Steve Hutso. Thank you for joining me on my podcast and for this episode. I will be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit, and really more specifically in having revival. The power of the Holy Spirit in revival. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. Verse 14, he will glorify me, talking about Holy Spirit, he will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. Now listen to me carefully. God never intended for us to be born of the Spirit of God and not walk in the power of the Spirit. He never intended for his people to be born of the Spirit and not worship him in the power of the Spirit and in truth. As a matter of fact, God never intends or never intended on anyone being born of the Spirit and not partnering with the Holy Spirit to do the same works that Jesus did. Remember in John 14, 12, Jesus said, He who believes in me, the works that he does, are the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these, because I go to the Father. Jesus was saying, basically, I'm going to the Father so that once I've completed the cross and ascended back to the Father, I will send forth the promise of the Holy, uh, promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And he wouldn't just be in me, as Jesus was saying, but he will be in those who were born again of the Spirit of God and who have received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, according to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Also, Jesus, he talked about him coming through all, you know, all throughout his ministry, and specifically in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus tells his disciples, he's saying, as a matter of fact, this was Luke's account of the Great Commission. He was saying that, you know, the preaching of the gospel is going to start with you guys right here in Jerusalem and go outwardly. But he said, before you go out, in other words, stay in the city, Jesus said, until you are endued with power, that's dunamis in the Greek, God's supernatural abilities. He said, stay in the city until you are endued with power from on high. And of course, Luke also wrote Acts, in Acts 1.8, before Jesus ascended back to the Father, Luke's account again, he quotes Jesus as saying, but uh, basically that you will, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will receive power to begin witnessing to the world beginning right here in Jerusalem. And so what I want to do in this episode of my podcast, I want us to take a look at the Holy Spirit's involvement in the life and the ministry of Jesus, who of course is our example, in order for us to gain a greater understanding of the Holy Spirit's involvement in the life of Jesus so that it will be clear to us of his involvement in our own lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Again, we who are born of the Spirit. So Jesus is our example of being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit subsequent 
to us being born again by the Spirit of God. And so here's what I want to talk about first. Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in the Virgin Mary. You know, Gabriel came to Mary, and he began in Luke chapter 1 talking about these sensational, wonderful, incredible things that was going to happen through Mary and how incredible this child would be that would be born of Mary. And Mary says, look, oh, this sounds great, but listen, Gabe, how's this going to happen? And Gabriel said, here it is, Mary, Luke 1.35, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power, the dunamis of the Most High, that would be the Supreme God, will overshadow you. And for that reason, what reason is that? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. That's the reason that this holy child will be called the Son of God. Not God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus set aside and laid aside those privileges and emptied himself, according to Philippians chapter 2, humbled himself to the earth and to humanity, even to the point of death on a cross. So he's talking about a literal human being born out of his mother's womb, being born of God. Up until that time, no human, no animal, no nothing had ever been born of God until Jesus came out of his mother's womb. He was literally born of the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. And you know what? We who are born again of the Holy Spirit are born of the same spirit that Jesus was conceived of and born later out of his mother's womb. Jesus was born of God. He was born of the Spirit. These are all the same things, just different ways to say it. He was born from above. He's considered the only begotten of God. And of course, John 3.16, John 1.15. And listen, Jesus was born of God when he came out of his mother's womb as a newborn infant baby. You and I, we were born of our parents, the seed of man, of course, which have the uh, Adamic nature, the fallen nature. So when we were born, we were born of the flesh. Jesus was born of the Spirit. We were born of the flesh. When Nicodemus came to Jesus one night and was questioning Jesus, and Jesus was explaining some things to him that seemed to go over Nicodemus's head, Jesus responded and said, that which is born of the flesh, Nicodemus, that would be you, is flesh. But on the other hand, that which is born of the Spirit, he was referring to himself and those who would later be born of the Spirit, is spirit. Never the two shall meet. The flesh is flesh, and the spirit is spirit. Jesus was born of the spirit. We were born of the flesh. Jesus made the connection. He built the bridge through the cross so that we, having first been born of water or the flesh, we too could be born of the spirit of God as we were born again by the spirit of God. Man, that is some incredible stuff right there. So Jesus, number one, he was born of the Spirit as a human being. Number two, when he began his ministry some 30 years later, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit when he was baptized in water. Now, I don't know if you've ever pondered this before, but Jesus 
did no miracles at all. I can't find in the Word of God where Jesus did any miracles until after he was endued with power from on high. And that took place, if you remember, again, right after he came up out of the water, after being baptized by John in the Jordan River. And here's what happens, or happened. Um, it said that Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens opened up, the Spirit of God descended upon him as a dove, and a voice from heaven, the voice of the Father, said, This is my beloved Son, in other words, the one that was born 30 years ago, in whom I am well pleased. Now listen to these verses of Scripture that I want to share with you, kind of in sequence from the book of Matthew chapter 3, that explain some things about Jesus and He not only being born of the Spirit, but being empowered of the Spirit as well. Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says this, as he was baptizing people in water. He said, As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I'm not fit to remove his sandals. Sandals. He's talking about Jesus, of course. He went on to say, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's good news for you and me. And then a little bit further down in Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. Then Jesus arrived from Galilee at the Jordan, coming to John. Remember, John had been talking about this, to be baptized by him. But John tried to prevent him, saying, I have, to, I have need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answering said to him, Permitted at this time, for in this way it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Man, that's exciting the way Jesus told John the Baptist, like we're going to partner together to fulfill all righteousness. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit was crucially necessary for Jesus to begin and fulfill his earthly ministry. Now, a little bit further down in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. Then he, John the Baptist, permitted him. And after being baptized, here it is, I just quoted this a little earlier, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him as a dove and lighting on him. And behold, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now let's go over to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. This is Matthew's account. After Jesus had been filled with the Holy Spirit, after he had been baptized in water in the Jordan. Matthew 4, 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. Did you catch that? Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. You never heard that about Jesus until after the Spirit of God had descended upon him. He was already born of God. Can you see the correlation between Jesus and us? We have to be born again of that same Spirit of God. But then subsequent to that, we become prime candidates to be endued with power from on high, just like he told his disciples, so that we could go and do the works Jesus said that would be greater than what he did. 
And so you can see that that applies to you and me, Jesus setting the pace, being our example. Again, Matthew 4.1, then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted and tested by the devil. Mark, here's his account, Mark 1.12, again, after Jesus received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He said, immediately the Spirit impelled him to go out into the wilderness. Did you catch that one? The Spirit impelled him. You never heard anything about the Holy Spirit impelling Jesus before he received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, only after. That was Mark 1.12, I'm sorry. And then Luke 4.1, I love this one says that Jesus, here it is, full of the Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. Of course, he overcame Satan and all of his temptations with the Word of God. And now, what happened after Jesus finished this temptation? What happened after he finished overcoming the enemy with the Word of God? Luke four fourteen. again, all this after Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and Jesus returned to Galilee, I love this, in the power, in the dunamis of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district, and he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Let's continue a little bit more in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. This is a popular passage of Scripture, and how clearly this describes to me and to you, that if Jesus needed to be filled with the Spirit, if he needed to be anointed by the Spirit in order to complete his ministry on the earth, to begin and complete his ministry on the earth, how much more you and me. Luke four sixteen through 21. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it was written, and here it goes, here it is, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me, what, why and what to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and verse 19, to, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Verse 21, and he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus, he was born of God when he came out of his mother's womb. And on that day that the, the heavens opened and the Spirit descended upon him, he was anointed, he was, um, he was equipped to begin his three-and-a-half-year ministry. Now listen carefully to this. If Jesus needed the baptism in the Holy Spirit, how much more do we? Now listen, Jesus said this back when he was on the earth, John again, uh, sixteen fourteen. John sixteen fourteen. He will glorify me, and take of mine, and will disclose it unto you. We cannot receive God's glory. He wasn't. He wouldn't share it. The Scripture says he doesn't share it. 
but he will disclose his glory to us. How do I know that? Because he just said it, for he will take of mine. He had just said before that he will glorify me. Now, the word glorify, doxazo, means to recognize, to honor, to praise, to invest with dignity, to give him esteem or honor by putting him into an honorable position. It means to make glorious. It means to bring innate glory to light. That's incredible. And Jesus said he promised that the Holy Spirit would come. And by the way, he came on the day of Pentecost. And he would do that. He would glorify me, Jesus said, and will take of mine. That would be my glory and whatever else he wants to disclose to us. And as he went on to say, he will disclose it to you and to me. Now, the way you receive the Holy Spirit first, the baptism, is you have to already have received Jesus into your heart. It's like signing the, the dotted line in, in, in signing up for the military, but in order to be an effective soldier, you have to be trained and equipped. You can't just head out of the recruiter's office onto the battlefield and expect to be successful. No, you have to be trained mentally and emotionally and physically, and you have to be equipped with equipment that allows you to do what you need to do. And so it's the same thing. The Holy Spirit is like the equipping and the empowering. It's like giving us the weapons we need. It's like giving us the protection we need to go out and do the works of God, even against the wiles of the devil. And as I close, let me ask, where is the power of the church? Where is the supernatural aspect of the church? It only comes through the supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit. God is a supernatural God. He does supernatural feats. And once we become born again of the Spirit of God and filled with the Holy Spirit, we become supernatural or we become vessels of the supernatural feats of Jesus Christ, the same ones that he did under the anointing of the Holy Spirit while he was on the earth. And then quickly, Jesus said time and time again, and he even said it about the Holy Spirit, he won't speak on his own initiative, but what he hears and sees the Father see, uh, speak, and what he sees and hears the Father do, that's what he does. How does that happen? By the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't turn water into wine just because he was born of God, he did it because he was born of God, which made him the perfect sacrifice for our sins, and also because he had received this endowment of power from on high when he got finished being baptized in water. He did miracles because he was moving and being led and full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4 talks about it. And after, as I was beginning to say, we've received Jesus. We become prime candidates, prime candidates to receive the baptism. And we just ask him for it. And just like we receive salvation, we do it by faith. And then we just begin taking steps of faith, accepting, or expecting Jesus to do what he promises to do in his word to those who are full and empowered of and by the Holy Spirit. That's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you so much for joining me. Remember, seek Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great day. God bless you. I love you. Bye-bye.